Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. The boys in white and blue, and we're back with another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And we are the champions, my friend, because we <laughs> will keep fighting till the end. <laughs> I was actually wanting to dig out Frank Sidebottom's version of that. Because oh. in my head, I, I was singing it in Frank Sidebottom's way. And then when I dug it out, I realised that his version is him singing, I am the champion. <laughs> I am the champion. But there's no I. It's a team. It's we. Yes, I am Michael McCall. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. We are cock-a-hoop here at AFTN Towers because we are celebrating... Vancouver Whitecaps lifting some silverware. Only the second time that they've lifted proper silverware in the MLS era. Yes, I am discounting the Cascadia Cup here. Ouch. But you know what I mean. It's like silverware that actually means that you you qualify for something further in this case, which is the CONCACAF Champions League. Yes, the Whitecaps have booked their berth in the 2023 CONCACAF Champions League by a a night at BC Place that is going to live long in the memories, I think, of everyone connected with the Whitecaps, whether Mm. you were there in person, whether you were watching at home, whether you were a player, a supporter, uh, an official. Just (laughs) As Fanny said afterwards... From the players down to the people that make the, the food for the for the players. This is for everyone. I'm happy to eat some craw, as we say in Scotland. I got this wrong. I thought TFC would win this after the way they played against Charlotte at the weekend. How wrong was I? And how happy was I that we are wrong? How you feeling after that performance, Zach? Yeah, I, I too. Uh I think, yeah, my my predictions were definitely, definitely wrong. But uh, I think Vancouver deserved all the credit. I mean, it, it was a, a massive occasion. I, I think it was a actually it was a really good game. Like it was a it was an intriguing game. It was an enjoyable game. Oh, it was. And uh, and and they yeah they won the, their second Voyagers Cup, which is great for them. And um, I, I think it, yeah, it is. Um, 
yeah, it's the it's the first well, it's the first anything they've won in the the post Carl Robinson era, which mm. I think is a, a real boost. Yeah, um, seven years since the last the, Voyager's Cup. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna, I was going to say the last win, but the the only win before yeah. that. It's still, you, you look back at this that's been in this format since two thousand and eight, and to think that is only the second time that we have lifted it, when for a big bulk of the bulk of that as well, it was just a three-team tournament. And, and there's been heartaches along the way. There's We won't revisit all of that. But, I mean, some of the stories as to where the wheels came off of the Whitecaps over the years, uh, you could write a, a book there in footballing folklore for the, the Voyagers across Canada. And there's been some great finals over the years as well. It not involving the Whitecaps, involving the other teams, has been some great performances. We we said as soon as the draw came out that this could be the Whitecaps' year. It was set up for them to face three yeah. Canadian Premier League teams to get to the final. And then hosted. Yeah. And host as well. The flip side, of course, being that they'd gone out the last two years to Canadian Premier League teams. So not only have they exercised those ghosts... They've like put a confidence into them that they they can lift silverware again because it's been a long time coming. I I feel it's been a victory that the club needed. It's been a victory that the long suffering fan base needed, mm-hmm. and I I hope this is the start of something more, and the the club has turned a corner here. But we spoke a lot last year in the run up to the the end of the season, the the feel-good factor was back at the Whitecaps and it was back for the first time in a long time, not because of just stuff on the pitch, but because of stuff that had happened off the pitch. This season's had its ups and downs on the pitch, but just the joy last night, we we were lucky that after the the final whistle, we, we could have gone down pitch side for penalties, we were told, but... I know what it's like at BC Place, and sometimes mm-hmm. that message doesn't get passed on to security. So I yeah. don't want to go all the way down there and not be able to watch the penalty shootout. Yeah. But we, we got down there at the end, but to be on the pitch while that was happening and just seeing the joy all around and be able to witness it in the stands and just look around and just see mm-hmm. what it meant to the supporters, to see what it meant to the players. The players' families were running on the pitch. I yeah. tried to convince people that I was Ryan Gold's father, but that didn't work. <laughs> um, it, it was just, it was a fantastic occasion. And it really, it in all seriousness, it will live a long time in my memories. It, it was just one of those special nights. I mean, it was it was great to see the the Whitecaps front office work so hard to um, get get the crowd out. Yeah, I think I think all the things they did, plus uh, you know the I think the the opposition and, and who was a part of the opposition helped helped that number get where it was. But um, like, yeah, uh, congrats to them on all their hard work to have the biggest ever Voyagers Cup crowd in the. Well, ever in Vancouver. Yeah, second biggest overall um, in the, the competition's history as well. And it was nice to see that hard work rewarded. It was nice to see the fans coming out. I, I was worried initially when I got in because there was a lot of empty seats. But in typical... 
Vancouver fashion, it filled up. It doesn't matter if the game's 6.37, 7.30, 8. They still managed to find a way to come in late. It's quite baffling, really. But, I mean, it filled up pretty quickly, at least. So that, so that was good. I, I was involved in a, a, a Twitter thread that I didn't have time to fully re- reply to. There was... Um, some people out east and Whitecaps fans as well, not TFC fans, but Whitecaps fans that had moved out east that didn't like that start time because it was 10.30 and felt for a national competition to be starting at that time wasn't ideal. And, I mean, I'll, I'll say, yeah, I, if you want this to be a national competition, having it midweek starting at 10.30 for folk out east or even folk even further out east if someone wanted to watch it in Newfoundland or Nova Scotia or something, that that's a big ask for them to do. That said, look how many times we've had to suffer in reverse with early kickoffs just to appease folk out east. But also the flip side of that is, if we're being honest, how many people really were watching that on one soccer? It's not as if it was on TSN or Sportsnet or CBC or one of the big, big things. So they're... There wasn't maybe going to be tons of eyes on it. And in many ways, I think that helped the attendance. Because if that was a mm. game that you could just have watched on TSN or Sportsnet, would 24,000 plus people have turned out for it uh, on a hot night? Uh, I think I think it would still have been a good crowd because of all the factors that we already mentioned. the mm. All the hard work and the 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 uh, different incentives and, and ways that they got the crowd out, I think. I, I mean, I don't know about you. I got messages people, people being like, "Hey, uh, I'm going to watch the I'm going to watch the Italians play tonight." Um, uh, you know, I'm excited about about the matchup and this game and you know whatever. Like, so I think there was a, I think there was a lot of people who would have been there no matter what. But yeah. I, but but you're probably right. There were probably at least some that maybe knew. Hey, I, well, my question is, would the, would those the, that kind of person know that it wasn't on TV? Like where they do all the digging to figure out, mm. you know? Yeah, maybe you maybe um, you're right, but, but I I just thought that maybe played a small part. I, I was chatting with with Ben Steiner last night, and he had said that there's people that he knew that had come at the game, and it was their first ever game at BC Place, wow. and they were Italians. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh that makes sense. Yeah, there, there was a few blue shirts uh, uh, around the building, but I was also told afterwards that in the the south side. Anyone that came in with Italian flags or Italian stuff, it, they were told, no, you're not having that. Yeah, that's good. That's what I mean, that's that's, it should be. Yeah, that's exactly how it, it should be. And let, let's talk about the, the crowd a little bit then just now, because over 24,000 fans in attendance. Fantastic atmosphere from start to finish. So I don't know how much that came across on the TV. We were having a little chat about that before we started recording. The the promos helped. I loved the whole whiteout thing that they went for. I thought that yeah. was very stunning. They've done that before. Yep. Given the white t-shirts away to help it. I don't know how many folk actually put it on what they were already wearing in that heat. Thankfully, yeah. they managed to get the roof open. Because when they tweeted out on Monday, we've got the roof open. We're going to work today to make sure it's fine. I'm thinking, you've got it open. Just leave it. Don't start putting it back and forward. It's open. It's not going to rain. Leave it open. <laughs> and yeah. when I went down to pitch at the full-time whistle, so I mean this is long after the game had started, it was hot at pitch level. I really felt for the players because that. But after a while of being down there and just getting caught up in the emotion, I didn't even think about the heat. And then 
the adrenaline finishes and then you're like, oh, yeah, it's really hot here again. But, yeah. I mean, it looked great, the whiteout. The fans, I thought, were tremendous. I want to give a, a big shout out to everyone in the stadium because it wasn't just in the south side that were making noise. The chants were starting all around the stadium on the north side and the expensive seats. Let's go Whitecaps was starting up a lot and it, it was loud. Um, waves and things started, which I'm warming to because... Uh, at first, I we, we won't go into that, but it, it was a big atmosphere. And also, I meant to say this in the last show when we we played the song "The Kids Behind the Goal," oh, and yeah. I said, "Oh, it's not about the Vancouver Albion guys." But I actually then meant to say, and I'll say it now: the Vancouver Albion supporters group. They had about sixty people out last night in the the front of that section. Yeah. They're loud. They're proud. They have been a breath of fresh air, I feel, to the, the supporters and the atmosphere at BC Place. They're absolutely tremendous. They deserve a lot of credit. And it, it's the future of support yeah. for the team. It's something, I, like, I, I'm early bringing up East Fife here, but we've got a, a young section that started to come along to East Fife games. They're like 15, 16, 17-year-old. And that's yeah. what you need. When you're a small team like us, it's like, how do you attract this new generation and for the Whitecaps, they've attracted this new generation, and they have been excellent. Yeah, yeah. Big Van- applause to them. Vancouver Albion, yeah, I think has been uh, a great, um, a great part of making the the GA and the supporter section uh, quality and work well. And yeah, you could hear. I mean, for those for those who know that the chance, you could hear all the, like all the chants coming clearly across on the broadcast last night. Uh, some old songs, a few newer songs. Um, a good a good mix of the repertoire, um, but uh, yeah, those those guys are great. And I, I got a, I got a message this week that actually they they've uh, they've acquired their own their own drum. Oh, which, I don't know if they're gonna, <laughs> I don't know if that how that's going to be used, but um, but on the whole, like yeah, I think I think the uh, the Vancouver Southsiders last night uh, as the uh, caretakers of supporter culture around the Vancouver Whitecaps, um, I think deserve a, a, like a ton of credit for um, uh, for making that atmosphere possible last night. Um, it, it's been a struggle for yeah, for those they, guys they stuck, at times. But they've stuck with it, and yep. uh, I think last night was um, you know uh, some of the rewards for <laughs> for sticking through a lot of difficult things. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I thought that was fantastic. I know there's been a few snipes from folk online. Funnily enough, most of them seemed out east that yeah. they, they couldn't hear. So, I, I don't know whether it wasn't very well mic'd up or, or what, but in the stadium, it oh, was I mean, loud from start to I, finish. Well, on the broadcast, it, it, I mean, it uh, you could hear. Like, I mean, it's, um, I guess it's just because I know the ch- I know the chance, but yeah. you, you could hear them. And, I yeah, I heard, I heard some very, very um, unfounded and biased um uh, comments uh, or read and uh, some unbiased or some very yeah. biased comments it, online, and one of them one of them was about the, that wave that you mentioned as well. But but um, but no, about about yeah, different things that was they were just they were ludicrous. The, there was a slight blip in it when the the equalizer went in, and no wonder I was deflated watching it up in the the press box with my unbiased hat on. Yeah, <laughs> right, 
when that penalty crashed off the post, I may have been quite animated in the in the press box. But anyway, we'll come to penalties shortly. But yeah, that's natural. I think a goal yeah. goes in and it does it sucks the life out of you because you're worrying. You're like, oh, is this oh are the wheels coming off? But then right away the white caps raised it on the pitch and the supporters yeah. raised it again as well. So let, let's let's get into the the, the game you, itself. You know what I say about that kind of law, Michael? Kesara, Sarah. Whatever. <laughs> Will be, will be. We won't continue this song. Um, yeah, let's get into the game itself. So, it was interesting starting lineups because the Whitecaps made seven changes to yeah. that team that put in that horrible display against Chicago a few days earlier. Earlier, TFC on the other hand, just one change. And yeah. that was an enforced change because Mark Anthony Kay had hurt his arm in training. Right. Yes. So it wasn't which, even. In the which 18th. really, really hurt them in the game. Yes. To be fair. One of their Canadians as well that they could have had on the pitch for, for one thing. But I was surprised that they made one change. And I was also su- surprised that Insigne started. Like like I said in the, the show at the weekend, I thought they would keep him maybe as a luxury off their bench because they would think they would have enough to, to get over the line. Maybe with K being out, that forced something. I probably not. But mm. the other thing as well, which this really surprised me, TFC did not fly in to Vancouver until Monday night. So they trained. Mm. They had Sunday off. They trained Monday in Toronto, and then they flew in. So they did not experience that BC Place pitch which I thought was an interesting decision considering you've got a number of players in your squad new to MLS, never mind anything else, experiencing that pitch for the first time that so many people have been criticising this season. So that was an interesting one, but were you surprised it was such a strong lineup for for TFC in particular? Uh, no, I mean, I, I said that to you, right? Like, they're, it's going to be stronger... And you're like, no, no, they're gonna whatever. And uh, yeah, no, yeah, I was totally I was wrong. Everything about this game, <laughs> the K, the K, the K thing, I think really, really hurt them, and mm. was a was a massive uh, disappointment and hole in their team. Yeah, and it was a it was a a good advert for Canadian football. It was. it was a good advert for the competition. Two teams taking it really seriously. Full house and a game that was enthralling. And when I came home last night, I stuck it on the PVR. I'd PVR'd it on um, one football? soccer from, from no, yeah. from Telus. Because even oh, yeah, though I've right. got football now, I've still kept the, the Telus thing just to the end of this competition because yeah. I like having that PVR facility because the fast forward's really smooth. Yeah. So now I'll get rid of it on Telus because I've got football starting. But it was enjoyable watching it back again. Obviously more enjoyable knowing the end result and <laughs> just watching some some bits off it. But right from the start, the Whitecaps came out all guns blazing. Now on Monday, uh, Vanny Sartini had done a, a media in person and a media on Zoom. So I, I jumped on the Zoom one and I'd asked him, What's with the slow starts at BC Place? It's so different on the road. You've been getting those first half goals. You've been coming out strong. But at BC Place, it's just not there. And he kind of brushed it off and just joked that, oh, it's because uh, for a lot of the time at BC Place in the second half, we're playing towards the supporters and they lift us and they lift us over the line. 
Um, and that's why they don't score in the first half because they're playing into the empty north side seats, basically. Mm-hmm. It's what he was saying. Wow. Um, so I asked him after the game last night, I went, so did you guys win the toss and make the decision to shoot that way? And he was like, I honestly don't know. Mm. But he said, it wouldn't have mattered because we had a full stadium and they were cheering us on from all sides. Yeah, that true. is an interesting thing because that has been the case. It has right. been when they're playing into the crowd. So maybe th- these players are needing that lift. So you're saying that the crowd matters, Michael? It does, clearly, yes. A BC place, at least. But your Cavs came out strong. I almost took the lead 34 seconds in yeah. with that chance that Cava had. And I was like, whoa. But the early going of this one, the Whitecaps did to TFC what I thought TFC were trying to do to the Whitecaps with that lineup. Because yeah. as soon as I got that lineup, and we were talking about it in the elevator coming up when we, we came in, there's a few of us coming up in the elevator. We all agreed they're going to go for it. They're going to try and do what they did to Charlotte. They're going to yeah. rack the goals up early and then just take their guys off and just see the game out. Whitecaps were the ones that took the game to TFC right from the start. Yeah, totally. It was, it, it, I mean, we were messaging during the game about this mm. in terms of it, it, it was like a first half like we haven't seen in like forever, putting the goal to, even to one side. Yeah. Um, just how, yeah, how they played and how. Uh, you could see how much they how much they wanted it. You could see how how important it was to them, and I think the way that 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 came through best actually for me wasn't actually the offense; it was more the defense and how and how how hard they worked at Christian uh, Dahomey. I have to give a hat tip to. I've been critical of his yeah. defensive play. He put in a defensive shift that I have not seen from him. He and was I'll, tremendous. I'll, and I'll second that by saying the same about Jake Norinsky. Yes. Who I thought was going to have issues. Yeah, I was um, I was worried. <laughs> yeah, he did extremely well. Um, but yeah, no, they like worked so hard for each other on defense and being like, uh, they just, they didn't give TFC like a lot of room, a lot of space. They they had like a sort of like, I guess like a low block, right? Like there was, yeah. was like- And if they was, didn't win the first ball, they certainly won the totally. second ball. Totally, but they yeah. were throwing their bodies at the line and just putting themselves in front of everything. It was it was tremendous. The, the, the goal helped, obviously, settle the nerves a bit. 19 minutes in, and it had been a good move in the build-up to it. The, they kept the pressure on, which was good to see. And first of all, I have to talk about Ryan Gall's ball. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Perfect cross, first time, and we talked about this during the game. That wasn't a first time. If he'd taken a touch, no. probably wouldn't have come off. But he saw that opportunity. When he'd hit it, I was like, "Oh, he's overhit it," and it just hung perfectly. Yeah. And then White rose so well at the back post and then headed it across goal as well. well. Well, the fact that he took it first time meant that TFC because it was a second phase off a corner, right? And so it came back out to him, who was the guy who originally took the corner. And taking it first time meant that TFC couldn't reset. They couldn't adjust. They couldn't mark up. They couldn't, you know, anal- analyze who, who, was, who was free or who had space or whatever. And, yeah, it allowed White to just ghost in. and, and Do, do uh, what other players have done to us. Yeah, well, but, yeah, true, true. But also to do what Brian White has done very well in the last year for Vancouver, which is... Uh, you know, finish in front of goal. Yes, in, in the six-yard box. Yeah, he, he really needs to just 
play in the six yard box. Uh, like just just stay there. You'll be offside a couple of times, but <laughs> they'll be a bit worried just in case you're not. But it, it was a such a well taken goal. The place erupted. Like the yeah. noise was just something else. And well, when you haven't seen a first, you've only seen one first half <laughs> goal at home all year. It's that like, adds what, to it. What is this? <laughs> Maybe it was the late start that they thought it was actually later in the game. <laughs> Maybe that's what did it. But it went in. I was excited, and then I was immediately worried because I was like, "Oh, how how are they going to play now?" But yeah, it's oh, too yeah. early. I like my 89th minute goals. Um, but like, how are they going to play now? Because they can't sit back and defend because they are not a team that can defend. They've got to keep doing what they're doing and what they're doing is really causing TFC problems. So you're then hoping they're going to keep going doing it. And maybe for the first couple of minutes, they did ease off a little bit. TFC enjoyed a bit more of the ball. I mean, throughout the game, the possession stats were absolutely nuts. But... TFC had a little bit of pressure, but didn't really do very much. And then Vancouver regrouped, went with my favourite form of defence, which is attack, and then just kept taking the game to TFC. And they should have added a second before half time. The two best chances came in the last minute of normal time in the, the first half as well. Ryan Gold had a long range effort, and then Raposo just fired that one wide and then kicked the holdings behind the goal and I was like don't break your foot Ryan don't break your foot <laughs> but they also, those were two great chances and I had a horrible feeling I was like are, are they going to rue not adding a second and getting something from that pressure spoiler no but it was a genuine concern because you knew Bradley would like reorganise TFC at half time and they certainly came out looking a different team in the second half. But a second goal before the break would have made for a much more relaxed second half, for sure. Maybe not as entertaining. No, no. But again, yeah, not as entertaining. But again, I think their their defensive performance on the whole in, in the second half, I think, needs to be applauded. Like Again, obviously, they gave away a goal that was unfortunate. It, it, it changed the game. But... Uh, but I still think they were actually really, like, really, still really solid. If that does that make, is that fair? Does that make no, sense? No, ab- absolutely, because that's exactly how I feel about it as well. I mean, they were under pressure, but again, they were throwing their bodies at it. If the ball came loose, somebody was there to to get the rebound, and if they didn't win the first ball, as I said, they won the second. And probably the best example of that. Well, I mean, the the first chance TFC really had in the second half. Four minutes in, Jaden Nelson's kind of dipping effort that went wide. That Cropper obviously was a lot more comfortable that it was going wide than I was from my angle. But I think the best thing to sum up how they were playing defensively was that Insigne strike that mm-hmm. Cropper sprawled oh, across yeah. the goal and saved. The rebounds loosened the box and Ryan Raposo is there quick as a flash to pounce on it and clear the danger. And that was just typical of the defending that they did all night. It was a great, it was a great save. Like when you see the, the behind the net angle on that, you're like, oh yeah, that's that's nestling in the side netting for sure. If he doesn't get his fingers to that, and the the overall possession, it finished seventy one point two to twenty eight point eight in favor of Toronto, and it's like, 
wow that but, but that with that again that speaks to a dominance in possession but again i think it it shows how good vancouver was at, at saying defensively solid so of course you yeah. can you can attack them for that you can say uh you know oh they were horrible they never had the ball blah 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 but no they they got their goal in the first half and they were able to then defend. They were able then to to hold it for most of the game. Well, Toronto only had six shots on target. Right. Vancouver had five. And of those six of Toronto, let's be honest, most of those weren't anything that tested Cody Cropper at all. So, I mean, the overall shots as well was 18 to 14. So for all that possession, a lot of that possession was in the middle third of the pitch. Because... Whenever they got into the final third into Vancouver's half, Vancouver were just dealing very comfortably with everything. But the equaliser did come with 15 minutes to go. And first of all, I will say that ball from Bernadeschi, absolute sublime outside of the foot pass. That is world-class pass. A short, a well, well-taken short corner. And yeah, the, I mean, he's left-footed, and it was an unbelievable uh, finessing of the ball with the outside of his left foot uh, as he yeah, cultivated a perfect cross yeah. for uh, Pacific FC's, or former Pacific FC defender Lucas McNaughton to steal in alone and just just head home from, what, a few yards out? Yeah. As good as that ball was and as hard to defend as that ball was I don't know how you let McNaughton run in unchecked yeah, there yeah, that yeah. is the that is the only thing he took it well I've, I've said before I'm not a huge fan of McNaughton I don't I genuinely don't think he's MLS starting quality but a, but I mean yeah with the situation TFC is in right now he is for right now although I think yeah. Daniel might, might overtake him well but, yeah when they brought Daniel on I tweeted out here we go here's the secret weapon for the white caps <laughs> it's a goal coming here which was crazy uh, they, I mean they did a double they double substituted their center backs at the same time I don't know if I've ever seen that ever in football both I know when time's running out and you know you're coming to a penalty shootout and it's they, like hmm. I guess they, they were both tired or whatever the one thing we need to say Steve's not with us but well, th- like he, he's not dead. We'll just no, clarify he's that <laughs> he's not on on this show with us. He, I think, would be asking questions about you know the idea of zonal marking from that corner. <laughs> Absolutely, I think, I think that's what that's the reason why yeah. Menon was able to you know ghost in free. When that went in, I did fear the worst. Uh, I I did like yeah during the like during the final fifteen minutes of the match. Yes. yes. Yeah. If if it was if there was extra time, I would have been. I'd have had no fingernails. I was <laughs> going to say I'd have no hair, but if you take a look in the screen, that's long gone. Um, it was good to see how Vancouver responded. Totally. Because I I don't know where my I do know where my fears come from. We've been stung in this competition so many times. Like it. it the reason I had the fears that things were going to come undone was nothing about the Whitecaps per se. It was about this competition and the team. And just when you think things are happening, Will Johnson's face flashes up in front of you. <laughs> when you think things are going good, there's uh, nobody yeah. on the back post. I have nightmares. No, I don't have nightmares. I, Yeah, I, that was not a fun moment. 
That is genuinely one of my worst ever experiences in football. And I've suffered lots of relegations in my time with East Fife. <laughs> that just was like an absolute dagger to, to the heart. And I, I, I watched East Fife lose in the League Cup seven seasons running on penalties. And that wasn't as bad as that stoppage time winner from Will Johnson. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was that was on the mind. But you're right. Vancouver, in those last 15 minutes, I did, probably created the more solid chances, right? Yes. That's exactly what I was going to say. So after that goal went in, the only team that looked like they were going to go and win it was Vancouver. I, I was then slightly concerned that they ha were going too much for it and they were going to leave themselves wide open at the back because they were just... Yeah. They, they sensed it. They probably very fitting since it's Shark Week everywhere. They sensed the blood in the water and they were going for it. And I was worried that that defensive shape and the resoluteness of that defence was going to just go out the window as they just pushed for it. Because you, you said, did I think Vanny wanted to win it in normal time or penalties? I'm 100% sure every single Whitecap player thought we can win this. We in don't want time. to risk penalties. Because you looked at who was on the pitch as well and who the white caps had taken off and you're thinking, Oh, who are the penalty takers gonna be? And you looked at TFC and you're like, Well, okay. I can see at least five top quality penalty takers still on the pitch for TFC. Yeah. Though I think the one thing too that that uh Vancouver had in their favor, and they actually had this in their favor throughout the game, which helped them on on the offensive side of the ball, is that they knew that they had, like Toronto was usually only offending with seven players, maybe eight in, on a few occasions, because you had uh, Jimenez as a center forward, wasn't really doing anything. Oh, he was invisible last night. You, you had, then you had Insigne, who is basically given a free role. And which, he, he did off. Yeah, he did help back. He did help back like a few times. But in general, he did not track back. And then you had he Bernadeschi. wasn't very effective either last night, to be honest. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. And then we and then and then Bernadeschi, similar. Mm -hmm. He probably wasn't given a free role, but he did not help out defensively a ton. So if you have those three guys not helping back, you if you're Vanny and this coaching staff, you knew you were going to have some times where they're not going to be defending with great numbers. So you could get forward, you could counterattack, you could find space, and you could. Um, you find overloads in various mm. places on 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 the pitch. Well, we so talked about no, Shakiri and like how these players yes, come over yeah. and they're used to this free role and they're not used to defending the way that is kind of needed yep. in MLS. And so, at the end of the game, that was the one thing I thought. Okay, are they gonna are they gonna try and exploit that even more? Because TFC, I think, also would have preferred to not to have gone to kicks. Yeah, let's talk about Insigne then. Yeah, because like he's your star man. And he limps off before penalties. Should he have tried to go through that? As well, soon as he came up, I said, "Oh, he's coming off. He's limping." Yeah. Uh, oh, should he try? I don't. I, I mean, I don't know. I think he's professional footballers are different. I don't know if you've ever like played like kick around with them. Um, I once, I once had. Uh, I don't know if I've told you this story before. When when David David Norman was playing in a in a team that I that I ran back in the day, I remember one time he. He he came off, or he said, "I need to come off. My hamstrings an issue." And he came off, and so he was, you know, 
on the on the bench or whatever and i came over to him like so like when would you when would you like to go back in <laughs> would you like to go back in and he's like no no man he's like i at this stage in my life i i can't go back in <laughs> like i'm done i'm done i'm done like professional players they just know their they know their they know their bodies they know how, what what works and i think insignia coming off wasn't like a hey I, you know i'm worried i'll miss a penalty or uh, you know whatever it was like i i really honestly think it was i can't do any more and i need or or uh without risking something really more worse happening or what what already was going on with him was he knew he had to come off the other thing i want to say and so i didn't say this in the build to the game i don't think i've said it i might have said it once earlier when the news of him coming through i have some italian friends who have said uh that they really think he is going to um be a flop or at least be like not not as not what people are wanting or expecting in toronto because they don't think he it, even though at whatever 32 or whatever he is they don't think he will do what's need to be done to be like he will not be he's not going to be the second coming of mm. Sebastian Jovinko it's going and to be so, interesting how he deals with all the travel in particular yeah, exactly and so even even last night I was messaging with one of these people and they said I said oh like the you know the Italians in the, in the game I mean Bernadeschi's beautiful ball aside weren't really great or and his PK I guess actually weren't really great and they were and they responded to me well this is exactly what i told you was going to happen <laughs> you know that mm. this is that he is not going like his performance was in line with what i really expect of him to actually do in the long run despite you know the, the great debut and the encouragement that that brought my my only disappointment and criticism with the fans last night is when he took that free kick that ended up in false creek that a chant did not go around the stadium of what a waste of money what a waste of money so they need to get that in the repertoire but yeah, the, I mean, the Whitecaps had their chances to, to win it. White had that outstretched effort. He just couldn't get his foot on and, and direct the goal words. And then the best chance, the quick transition, Kubis plays the ball forward to White. White, I, I thought, look inside, look inside. And I thought he's a strike, he's going to go for it. But he had the awareness to play inside to toss. Yeah. Toss, I feel, did everything right, probably because we'll talk about that, placed it instead of power. Yeah. But I, I think he, maybe he maybe he telegraphed it a bit much. It was a good save by Bono. I mean, I'll give him credit for that. But, oh, that should have been put away. Yeah, I mean, White, man, he out, like, he outdid the, the two centre-backs, yep. right, with his, with his move. He, like, left them both in his, in his wake, essentially, or, you know, went by both of them. To lay on a beautiful the two left fresh center back, exactly the first <laughs> center back to lay off with his left foot, lay off a nice ball for toss. I agree with you that his body language uh, allowed Bono to know where he was going to shoot. And as we were messaging about during the game, I think that uh, I think that him, I think that he maybe should have actually just smashed it yeah. and actually probably gone near post as opposed to because yeah. I think the, the, the whole thing was set up for him to do what he did. And I think he could have caught the keeper off by taking a different approach and could yeah. have disguised it with his body language as well. Because I'd written the match report at the game and I'd said, oh, he did everything right. And then when I watched it back, I was like, oh, maybe he didn't. But it, it wasn't to matter, so that's fine. Because uh, the end result, it's kind of nice to win it on penalties, I guess. Second time in the competition this season, they went to a penalty shootout. Oh yeah, Cavalry. Five different takers. 
as well oh, than right, it was yeah. from uh, in cavalry as well, which yes. is quite stunning. But it went to penalties. Nervous, obviously, as to, to how that could go. When I saw that the White Cats were taken first, I was pleased with that. I like that. The stats have shown the team that takes first oh, does seem 60, to have the, the edge. 60%, yeah. Ryan Gold steps up to take the first penalty. Nice finish, top corner. Yeah. And it's all kind of, the, the nerves are settled. So Gold, White, Julian Gressel, just all converted their first yeah. three attempts. Oh, he looked cool. nervous when he walked up because on the screen. That. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he looks nervous. And understandably, he's just joined the team and all of a sudden he's taking a crucial penalty in a penalty shootout. But he had enough power on it to, to yep. get it past Bono. So those three were all converted. Um, Crescito and Perusa had scored for TFC. And then up stepped Jonathan Osorio. And I don't know if anyone picked up on my match report headline of Oh So Sweet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it was for Oso because sweet, he missed that penalty. I think Cropper would have saved it anyway if he had got it at the other side of the post because I think Cropper was down in time. When I watched it back, um, Jimmy Brennan's like, oh, the keeper moved early there. And I put it back several times. I was like, he is on his line. If he moved early, it was legally that he moved early because his foot is on the line. Well, I think let's forgive Jimmy for one potential homer call because I thought on the whole he was actually he, it was it was refreshing to have actually Jimmy so call. was Adam Jenkins. It's like they were very yeah. unbiased. There yeah. was excitement at the goal. I think uh, Adam Jenkins is always respectable, yeah. in my opinion. O- Oliver Platt as well. I've got to tip my hat to him. He was given the the Whitecaps credit before the game and at halftime and after and, the game as well. And, and Wheeler even did too. Wheeler grudgingly did at the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, at the end, I don't know if it was grudgingly, but he definitely did at the end, yeah. Uh, but, but so yeah, maybe, maybe Jimmy was a little biased there, but I, yeah. It I was a well-taken penalty, and it's like, yes, the voodoo doll worked. But, Th- it, thanks it, it, to Kava for getting some of that hair to me, by the way, that really worked a treat. <laughs> No, it was not a great. It was not a great taking penalty though. I hated his run up. When you watch the replay, his run up. Oh, he did the court, star step, didn't he? Yeah, and it was and it was not a big run up either. And it was it. Uh, yeah. Oh it yeah, I I don't, I don't like long run ups. I don't like short run ups. Yeah. I don't like stutter steps. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on all those accounts. But it was advantage Vancouver at that point, and then Kubis. Whoa, what a penalty that was from Kubis. Well, he, sma- he smashed it down yeah. the middle. That's, that's what to do with him. It's like if the keeper's in the road, he's either going to get his head taken off or he possibly hurt his hand, Bono, I think, a no. little bit as well. And he really smashed it too because he, yeah, he, la- he did laces, which is, uh, yeah, he it was not well read by Bono. Yeah, Bono, I think, was was trying to guess early or predict early and move and not not come off the line but move early yeah which i think hurt him on that one and was even worse on the, on the last one bernardeski i think we got the was the fourth yeah for and that was a really well taken penalty then it was Dude, as, soon, uh, as, as soon as as soon as that went in and as soon as a blackman or blackman was walking up i turned to kirk and i said he's going back down the middle i, I said they've seen how quickly he's moving he's going back down the middle I said, Kirk, if I was the goalie, I would stand in the middle of the net and I would not move un- un- unless I saw something that fully made me like think that it's not going down the middle or until he made contact. I don't know, though, because if you're a keeper 
and it's that crucial penalty. If you don't make any effort to go for it, you know you're going to get criticised. So you kind of have to commit. But then a, a player's going to know that the keeper's probably going to have to commit and go exactly. down the middle. Exactly. So then you're going to think, well, he's going to think that. So I should just stand still. It's all be, amazing yeah. psychology. To be fair to Blackman, though, uh, with his body language, he, he was shaping that he was going to one side. And then I think saw the movement and said, I can just stroll it down the middle. Whereas, again, Kubas, like... The the part he the part of his foot he hit that with like it was sort of like a lace issue like mm-hmm. you don't take penalties like that like no like sorry very rarely will you see he someone can take do whatever there. he wants he is that good yeah I've I've got a new song for Tristan Blackman as well that hopefully the fans will adopt he's got balls of steel he's got balls of steel Tristan Blackman he's got balls of steel is which a- is my opening question to him in the post game scrum. <laughs> Do you have balls of steel? Yeah, I was like, balls of steel, man. <laughs> it was such a, a good feel. I just liked how he just stood there with his hands up at first. Because it's like, I guess, I don't know what to do. Do I celebrate? Do I run off? And then, oh, it was just so good. What did you think of, uh, I think it was the third penalty for Toronto Peruzza, where he, he did the... the, the, the second the, one. Oh, it was the second one where he did Oh, the, yeah, he goes up to the fans and yeah, it's like, there was I was going to come people, back and haunt you. Yeah, but there was a lot of fans not happy about that but like who like i saw some people being like oh you know how can we get back at him it's it like you won the cup yeah like, <laughs> like, you can't get back any more back than that i like players and that he, do that and he would and he was actually his penalty was the only his only positive contribution in his short time in the game because he was awful on the pitch mm-hmm. he was he was um there's a few tfc players i don't think that covered themselves in, in in glory but I mean it was oh so sweet it's the only thing I, I can do to to sum it up great stuff with the white caps let's just hear a little bit of the post game audio from Vanni Sartini now who was obviously cocker who came in with his can of beer celebrating and it was like uh Sandra Gage from Canada Soccer was like we just need to take that away from you for a, a little bit <laughs> Was he was he fully clothed or he was sadly? Did he I roll just, in? Did he roll into the press? I, th- I think he'd maybe had a few beers before he came in, but he, he was in he was in good fit. So let's just hear a little bit just now from Vanny. I was confident and I was also a little bit pissed because I think we deserve to win. I think the first half, if if, if it finished three zero for us, nobody can say anything. Uh, then the second half, they pushed a little, but we defended very well. They scored the goal because, again, they have top players. The only players who can make that cross is Bernardeschi in the league. And uh, and so it's, uh, yeah, I was like a little bit on uh, on the edge, uh, but uh, I know that the fans would have helped. I think with all their noise and their blowing, they put the, the, the ball of Osori on the post. And uh, so we won. I'm very happy. What does it mean to you? Uh, a lot, a lot. Uh, we we worked a lot uh, the entire season. We said from day one that uh, the Canadian Championship was one of our important trophy. We didn't do well in the last previous years, and uh, uh, it, it 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 means everything because you know it's uh, we are a good, very good team. So today we. We, we reminded everyone that when we are 100% and we, we, we are a very good team, but uh, we are not the, the team uh, who 
who's who's painted or who's considered like a, like a, like a league killer. So winning trophy for us is is is, re is really important. Uh, on a personal note. It's the first trophy that I win, so you know I, I'm really, I'm really happy. So I'm really happy. Yeah. Vanni Sartini, obviously cock a hoop there, and the Whitecaps have now booked their berth, as I mentioned, in next year's Concacaf Champions League. We're going to talk about that more in the next ed extra podcast uh, that comes out, because obviously. A BC representative were in action in the precursor to that tournament this week, but we'll, we'll come to that later. That's it for this part, chatting about the game. Going to bring you some more audio in the next part and talk about some of the individual players' performances as well. And we'll be back with all of that after this. Hi, I'm Brian White, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Sound the alarm, the champs are here. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, it's a song by our Artist of the Month here at AFTN for the month of July. Got two more to bring you, that one and one to kick off part three. 80s Matchbox Beeline Disaster from Brighton in England. That was a song and a single taken from their second album, 2004's The Royal Society. That was Mr. Mental. Are you feeling mental tonight? The crowd were certainly going mental at BC Place last night. And I know people don't like using the words crazy and mental to describe like joyous celebrations or, or whatever, with the, the better focus, rightly so, on mental health these days. But I think just for... Just for this episode, we'll make that exception with that song. And it's a great song as it is. And it is addressing mental health in the song anyway. But in this part, we're going to continue talking about the Whitecaps being champs. And that win in the Voyagers Cup on Tuesday night. All day, we're recording this on Wednesday night. All day, Zach, I felt that today is Thursday. Because I'm not used to having games on a Tuesday night. Yeah, oh yeah, right. Like genuinely, I woke up thinking it's Thursday. I said to my wife, who teaches yoga at work, "You're not doing yoga today, are you?" And she's like, "Well, no, because that would be tomorrow." And it's like, "Oh yeah, I've thought it's been." I was grateful because I had to work this evening, so I was grateful. I was it was on the Tuesday when I when that was announced because you originally actually you originally told me 
oh, it's on the 27th of July. Well, yeah, because that's what, that's what Canada Soccer had told us. But yeah. uh, I, I do wonder if it was changed because of the celebration of light being on and crowd control having an absolutely well, packed house midweek it, for that as well. If Canada Soccer told you that, maybe CSB changed it. Oh, oh maybe. <laughs> maybe they just wanted a, a night off. Champions League action with Pacific being on. Oh, doubleheader, yeah. That might also be why it was the late kickoff as well, just to allow for for that. But yeah, the players were naturally cock a hoop, and we're going to bring you some audio in this part from after the match. You won't have seen videos for this because there wasn't any videos. We were just down at pitch level. We're just grabbing who we could grab, who the Whitecaps brought over. So we've we've got some good audio now. It's not going to be the easiest audio to hear because it was very loud with all the music and the celebrations going on. But but bear with us, because it's some good stuff from the players. And we're going to start off with some audio from the goal scorer that opened it all up, Brian White, and the man with balls of steel, who took that winning penalty, Tristan Blackman. Here's the two guys, the men of the moment. It's awesome feeling anytime you can uh, compete for a trophy, you know, you want to give your everything for the fans, for the city, and it's great to bring this one home in front of our home fans. Balls of steel at that penalty. Ah. All I know is it went in, we won, it's a celebration, and I'm really happy that we got the two points. What was going through your mind when you walked up for it? Yeah, it's a, it's a funny feeling. I, I kind of thought it would end that way, to be fair, when I was fifth, and it was on the plate for me to go at it, and luckily I, uh, I tucked it in. So. Ryan, take us through your goal earlier in the game. It seemed like you guys were getting lots of chances, and what did it feel like to just head that one in? Yeah, I think we came out really strong. We had a chance at like mid end of the game, and you know we came out and created a lot of chances at the start. It was good to you know, sim- I think it was similar to Kava's goal the last game, making a back post run. So uh, just looked at making the same kind of run, and Ryan, I forget, I think it was Ryan who played ball in, and uh, yeah, was able to get the end of it. Ryan, what did you think when you saw that cross coming? Which the Bryans? Yeah. Uh, I was uh, I scored a similar goal before and it kind of just replayed in the head again, like headed down back across the goal, so it's good to have a chance. Now you guys aren't Canadians, but how does it feel to win the Canadian championship? Like I said, anytime you can win a trophy, it's awesome. Uh, you know, Toronto's a good team and it, you know we've struggled in this tournament in the years past, so it's um, it means a lot for the fans for the club to bring this trophy home. Now defensively, Tristan, you knew they were gonna be a possession-based team, but did you think they were gonna have that much possession, it seemed like you guys are doing a lot of defending. Oh yeah, they have great quality players. Uh, we knew coming in that it was going to be that type of game. And they showed the quality that they have. And they brought them in for this reason, I think, uh, for this final. And we held our own, and we got the three points, and that's what matters. And Ryan Raposo called them human. And uh, you guys certainly made them look human tonight. What was it like going up, up against those guys? Oh, it was great. I think uh, anytime you get to go against great players like that, uh, it shows the quality that we have as a, have as a team. And uh, we did really well. I'm happy with the three points and the group effort, for sure. Thank you. How much are you going to use this night to push on and get into the playoffs? Yeah, no, it's, it's a great momentum. Uh, if we use it in the right way, hopefully we can take this win, uh, get a good training, go into Nashville, and keep going on in the league, for sure. Brian White and Tristan Blackman there. Let's have a, a quick discussion uh, about Brian White because I, I've got to say, aside from the goal and that great pass to Ricketts, I don't think he had a, a great game. I thought he was giving the ball away too much and partly it was because he wasn't playing in the six-yard box. He was dropping deeper and sometimes his set-up play isn't the best. 
Was it right to keep him on and pull off cover? Like, are you crazy? The dude scored the goal in the game, and he set up what could have been the winning goal. The winning, uh, he set up what could have been, should have, could have been the winning goal in the game. And you're you're saying he didn't have a great game. I don't I think he did have a great I agree, game. I agree, I agree with you on the whole. There were things about his performance that were not ideal. But I I th- I think you're being a little bit harsh. Well, I, like I have I mean, also well, put, if I he think, scores vital goals, does it matter? Well, yeah. It, no, I think that's that's what that's what he's there to do. Yeah. Most importantly, in terms of was it the right decision to, to take Cav off? Yes, I think absolutely. I think it was as well. I just wanted to get get your thoughts on it because yeah, uh, it no. was there was mixed mixed feelings I saw online, mixed feelings in the press box as well as to why Cav came off. I, if I Cav, thought Cav had the... slowed down. Oh yeah, if Cav is, I mean, I I felt I mean you mentioned it earlier, but that early chance, I'm like, Cav, you got to score that. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're sorry, you got to do better with that, I think. And and also, I wonder if Cava was there, what would his penalty have been like? I would have worried about that because I don't think he was going to panenka it. And that, I would that would have been balls of steel. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think he would have done that. And I I kind of I was worried. I was a little bit worried about if he was in that shootout actually. Yeah, Plus, he didn't get a booking either though, right? Which no, was unlike him. But there was a tackle on him in the first half. I can't remember if it was. Was it Bernardeschi? Was it someone did a tackle in the first half that I thought should have been a foul say, and a booking, uh, and it wasn't say, even called? There was actually uh, there was that time where he actually he did a bunch of tracking back. Actually, he was one of the the players who I think did really well in helping out defensively. But Cava, that is. But yeah. I still think it was the correct decision to leave White on. So yeah. Oh, and I didn't even mention he scored in the shootout, right? Mm-hmm. He scored scored the goal. Scored in the shootout, set up toss for that chance, and you, you're, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> you're uh, hilarious. <laughs> going back to Brian White, we still haven't seen the 2021 Brian White, but he's popping up and getting crucial goals when it matters, and he's had a good competition. Joint leading scorer by the end of it as well, with three goals. Yeah. Uh, with Meyer Bevan, the former Whitecap as well. And... I mean, ultimately, if he puts the ball in the back of the net, that's all that matters. If that's his only contribution, the White Cats win by a goal. I mean, I'll take that. If we can get him firing on all cylinders now in the running that we saw about a year ago, White Cats are certainly looking in a in a good position. Yeah, he's not had a great season, which I I think. But a lot of that's with his injuries, and then well, he came into the season injured, and totally, yeah. he, he's had injuries for sure. But I think going back to last last year in the off season, we. We said, I, I know I said multiple times that I don't expect him to, to be as good as he was last year because he was, he played above, I think, above his level last year. Oh, but, much but so. I, but I think this little, I mean, with that, the diving header in Portland a few weeks ago or a few matches ago, or whatever it was. Um, and this, this significant performance in this massive game, uh, in this cup winning game, uh, I think that hopefully it can propel him into the form that we saw in the second half of last season. And hashtag, our DPs are better. Oh, is that the hashtag going around? Well, I started it. No one else caught on to it, but let's let's try and keep that going. And talking of our DPs... I think, I think, I think you should just focus on the winning the cup. Don't focus on a DP just I'll, conversation. I'll start trolling folk. Uh, but is trolling really valuable? Like, I don't know. It seems like a complete waste of time. Oh, it is. Yeah. But I'm Scottish. I, I enjoy seeing other people upset. <laughs> you're you're a joy sucker. Yes. Let's talk about DPs then. And another one 
of the Whitecaps ones. And another player that we want to see getting back to the, the 2021 level, Ryan Gold. And he's getting mm. there. It's slow. He's had a really tough start to the season as well with those concussions. And it's been a tough go for him. But the signs have been in recent weeks that he's getting back to his top form. And what a performance that was from him in the final. We talked about that sublime ball that he sent in for the opening goal. It's good to see him getting back to the Ryan goal that we know he is. Yes. Yeah, I think he had a. I think he had an overall good match. Obviously, a, a beautiful assist, scored his penalty, but uh, yeah, was I think highly involved and again did a lot of hard defensive work uh, in the game. A lot of tracking back, uh, winning second balls, um, and yeah, just generally battling hard in in in, in midfield. And uh, yeah, I think also yeah, like White helped lead the team to this victory. Well, let's hear a little bit now from Ryan Gold, who was also very jubilant, as you would expect, after that victory on Tuesday night. Here's the wee man. Both of us in the press box were, like, blown away by that cross, that half-volley curling. Can you just take us through that goal from the start of the corner? Um, yeah, just, I think it was... Uh, I think they cleared the initial corner, it came to Andres, he put a good ball back in and I just tried to pick up a position I thought the ball would maybe drop to and it, it did. And I, um, you know, in the second phase I knew we would have a, a couple of boys at the, at the back post so I just tried my best to, to get it there and then Brian done the rest. What was going through your mind when you stepped up for that penalty because obviously a lot of pressure on that first kick? Just my my thought on penalties is always, you know, before you step up, choose a side and don't change your mind, don't hesitate, be confident. And if the keeper ends up saving it, then merit to him. But as long as you know, as long as it went in, you came here because you wanted to win trophies. So what does this feel like? It's brilliant. It's what it's what every single player wants to do is uh, is win trophies. So um, we're delighted we've, we've been able to do that, especially after. You know, when I came here last year, the, the major disappointment uh, against Pacific. So to put that right and um, to bring the people of Vancouver a trophy is brilliant. It's hard to put my finger on it. I mean, um, I think having such a big crowd behind us helped push us on, and you know, everyone was right fired up for the start. So um, we came out the gates quick, and then. We got the goal, sat back a little bit, but um, I don't think it caused us too many problems. Then they got the goal, and even after the goal, I think we were maybe even the better side. So, um, yeah, just having having the crowd behind us, I think, was a major factor um, in getting out to a good start. Around the, the last five, ten minutes, it felt like Toronto were a little bit on the ropes. Did you have a sense that you could maybe end it then, and why didn't you? Um, well, we tried. I mean, we had the chance. We had uh, Toss Ricketts' chance there. Um, I think there was another one. Julian put a, a good ball into the box and Brian almost got his foot on it. So, you know, we were there. Um, we, we couldn't get the ball in the back of the net. But, um, you know, we've been practicing penalties as well. So as soon as it, knew, as soon as it went to penalties, we were all confident in ourselves and um, confident that we were, we were capable of pulling it off. Looking way ahead, but you had a, a taste of... Champions League and Europa League over in Europe. How much are you looking forward to CONCACAF Champions League now? Yeah, really looking forward to it. I mean, that's you know the extra bonus that comes with winning it. So, um, and obviously we watched, we all watched Seattle do really well um, at the start of this year. So, it's um, 
yeah, it's going to be an interesting few games for us. Um, and everyone's going to be looking forward to it when, when the and time how, comes. How can you use this now to push on for the rest of the season, getting the playoffs? Fanny's spoken that the focus has been on this so much. Yeah, I, um, obviously winning the trophy, we put a lot of um, a lot of emphasis on that. But you know, we're not we're not all, we're not just going to be satisfied with um, you know winning a cup but finishing ninth. You know, we all want to to push on now and get to the playoffs, and we we'll have to try and take some of the momentum from from tonight and uh, push on and get some positive results in the league to push us back up the table. How are you guys going to celebrate tonight and do you have the day off tomorrow? Uh, that MVP trophy looks like it could fit six or seven beers in it, so I'm, <laughs> I'm going to check that out and see how I get on. Excellent. Go get a good start, man. Right, yeah, have a good night. Congrats. Ryan Gold there and... Just wanted to throw that question in about how excited he was about playing in the Champions League next year, just to make sure he was going to hang about. And he, he's looking forward to that opportunity. He's played in Champions League and Europa League in yeah. Europe. Now he's got the chance to test himself in this. And as he said there, you see what Seattle's done. And as a player, you watch what Seattle's done and it gives you that taste of, I fancy a bit of that. I think you're getting, I mean, you're getting ahead of yourself. When you're, I might have heat stroke, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's the be, cider. I think it'll be encouraging for Vancouver to be a part of the Champions League. Uh, the conversation it sounds like you're discussing there about um, winning it when you're referencing Seattle seems a bit no, a bit on the well. ambitious side. Well, you do talking about Seattle. They're the oh yeah, but he said it shows it can be done. Yeah. Okay. okay well, let's, let's let's move let's, on. Then. Let's not let's have that conversation. On. Don't suck the joy out of this <laughs> moment for us, Zach. Well, you you. <laughs> You you did by saying, oh yeah, now they're going to win it essentially. But well, obviously we are, and then the Club World Cup, <laughs> right? So the gold, one of the many good players for the Whitecaps. So many good players last night. I think to a man, that the team performed on the pitch. Andres Kubis, as we we talked about his penalty, he, he was exceptional last night, and. He's that player that we've needed, and even the one soccer folk were waxing lyrical about where did they find this guy? He looks like a multi-million-dollar player, and Nick Overhill deserves a lot of credit for the scouting and the scouting department finding guys like this. And you do wonder why he was playing in second division in France when he's looks like he's got the skills to be higher, but it's a short sample size so far. Oh, yeah. Was- um. I was going to say that. I, I just, I've loved everything I've seen from him so far. Yeah, short sample size, but what he's done has been has been massive. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously has that match-winning goal against uh, LAFC, right? And uh, I think he was massive in this game. And against Steve's not with us. But I think aside from the one goal given up from the, you know, uh, short corner, uh, I think one of the maybe... Uh, lesser talked about or less, lesser seen contributions is, is of Kubas is how he has made Vancouver more dis- solid defensively, uh, especially in the the middle of the park defensively. Like even yeah, the goal came from a from from a cross, right? It didn't come from like oh yeah, drive, no, drive no one. Was, I was so, gonna yeah. say no one's scoring through the middle with us. Shakiri so, might see otherwise, but they yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. So. Again, Kubas, you're talking about uh, who stood out to you. I, I I do think there needs to be a shout for uh, Ranko 
and black yeah, men. Yeah, I, I thought and, 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 and Nowitzki together as a group, mm. who again, there's one significant error, but on the whole, I thought played really, really, really well. Yeah. I mean, we spoke as well about the defensive play of Ryan Raposo in the first part, and that's the last player I want to talk about just now. Ryan Raposo was named the Young Canadian Player of the Tournament. Well-deserved. He's really stood out in the Whitecaps games in this tournament, and it's it's given him confidence. And Vanny spoke a little bit about Ryan after the game, saying that at the start of the season, he was almost on his way to YVR to fly out somewhere. And a move was on the cards, but he knuckled down. He showed that he was worth being on the MLS roster. He showed that he was worth getting minutes. Then he's shown that he's worth being a starter. And I'm I'm not saying start him every week, but he's a he's been a great option to to bring in, whether as a starter or off the bench. He's really starting to come on to the the player that we hoped he was going to be. And I, I just think this could be a breakout tournament and hopefully season for him. Yeah, we've, we've talked about how he's progressed. Uh, I think for Ryan, the the biggest thing is consistency. And that, com- that comes from playing uh, and that comes from, uh, you know, maintaining the level that he's shown he can play at. So, you know, I think he's got the, you know, uh, what are 12 league games to go this season to to show to keep showing that yes. I, 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 I like his uh, I like a lot about his professionalism. I, I like, like his attitude. Yeah, his I, I attitude. said in an earlier show, whenever you speak to Ryan, you can't come away with anything but rooting for the, the kid and his yeah. family were there last night and they ran yeah. on the pitch afterwards. And oh, it was just so joyous to see. Yeah. Talking to Ryan. He was one of the, the guys that we got a chance to, to chat to after the game last night. Let's hear from him just now. It's an amazing feeling, especially doing it here in front of our fans. It's obviously been a while since we've done it. And like I said, at the start of the season, when, when you know we were down and out, people were doubting us. This is a team full of winners, and tonight we showed that. To do it here with your your family in the crowd and with that kind of performance, it means everything. My family here, my friends, my girlfriend, the crowd, everyone everyone showed out today on a Tuesday night. Couldn't couldn't be more proud of my team. Couldn't be more proud of my city. How about to do it on penalties? A little nerve wracking. Yeah, definitely, definitely not how we wanted to do it. But hey, we've been practicing our penalties, and honestly, I was confident the whole way through. Team competition, you've been absolutely fantastic from the first game to this. What was that about this that saw you raise your game so much? The guys just have so much grit. The guys have so much grit. They're all fighters. We're not a we're not a team full of individuals. We're a team. We work together towards a common goal, and the, and that's what happens. We win trophies. How long have you waited to voice that comment? Sorry. How long have you waited to voice that comment? A very long time since since I first played in that tournament of Bonnesbury. I mean, obviously that was a a reach, but no, I still had that goal since then. But finally getting it done again here in front of Vancouver, in front of my family. Couldn't be more proud and couldn't be more honored to represent Vancouver. Ryan Raposo there, and as he talked about his family being here, it was a special moment seeing him celebrating. It was, I don't know if it was just the emotion of the occasion or what, but seeing all the players' families running on the pitch and their kids running off the pitch, it was just, it was so nice to see them all celebrating together and what it meant to them and 
taking the cup seriously and really be, this being a, a special moment in their lives and it's a special moment in the the club's history as well and let's hope it's not another seven year wait till they, they lift another Voyagers Cup mm. now that's all the the audio from the, the post game um, we don't have any TFC audio to bring you though oh, because yeah. yeah there wasn't any no, no availability well there's, there's been a few developments in that over the course of, of the day so I was left coming away from BC Place last night thinking, oh, TFC are bad losers. And for me, there's no good losers. There's no bad losers. There's just losers. And last <laughs> night it was TFC. Before, it's been the Whitecaps. But before the end of the game, and even before the penalties, uh, we were told in the press box, the format at the final whistle, whether it's 90 minutes or after penalties, is there'll be a mixed zone. The losing team will come over and some players will speak. Then the winning team, some players will come over and speak. Then there'll be a post-game press conference with the losing coach and maybe a player, and then the winning coach and then maybe a player. So that's how it's been um, before. But we got down, we're in the mixed zone. And I didn't even see the TFC players if they were still on the pitch or not, but it turned out they were. And then we saw them going off, and then we spoke to the Whitecaps players, and you've heard the, the audio there. So then we got into the post-game media room and Vanny came in and we were told that TFC weren't coming in. And Gemma from the Canadian press had needed to get some quotes from TFC for her article because obviously it's nationwide Canadian press and couldn't get anything. And she was told, oh, we spoke to one soccer, which I didn't see in the, the stuff that was recorded for me anyway. I don't remember seeing that either. No. So they said, oh, we'll, we'll get you that. And then after the the game as well, Har and another journalist um, went to the TFC locker room just to see if they could get anything. And the players were all still in there. And the TFC media person had left. And it was just the players that were in there. So they hang or, hung around for about 20 to 30 minutes for the players to come out. And then the players did come out and wouldn't talk. Daniel Henry came out and he's got a good relationship with Har and Har's like, can I at least just get a quote from you? And he's like, no, no, sorry, I can't. And then the word that was going round was that Canada Soccer told media that TFC had decided not to speak after the game Mm -hmm. and it wasn't mandated that they had to. It's not like MLS where you have to to speak. So they had just decided not to speak. Um, Then TFC refuted that and said they were told by Canada Soccer that no one wanted to speak to any of the Toronto players and that Bob Bradley wasn't required, so they decided not to. And there's been more back and forth today. TFC Media have contacted some media here telling them, we were told that no one wanted to speak to us and that's why we didn't refuse to speak. We've lost finals before. Uh, We're happy to speak, but no, we were told. So I don't know what it was, but it just seems a big cluster by Canada Soccer. And I've got to say, the post-game organisation by the CSA, and this might surprise some people, (laughs) was a little bit shambolic, to say the least. Oh, my. Well, there was that whole, I mean, on the broadcast, Vanny does the the roll and the celebration, the ripping off the shirt. and And then there's Bob Bradley in his face who was probably not impressed by the celebration. Well, there's two versions of that going around as well. The version that was going around last night was um, Vanny had said to the Italian players in Italian, it's okay to lose sometimes, guys. Um, And they took offence to that. 
and I think Bradley didn't like his over-the-top celebrations as well. He's just won a cup final. It's the first trophy he's won as a coach. I think some exuberant yeah. celebrations are called uh, for. You, you're making a face there. Well, that comment to the Italian players, that's inciting, though. Like, that's that's not on. I, well, I, if that was happened, Vanny this morning on Sportsnet said, no, no, Bob came over and, and just just wished us well. It didn't look like he was wishing them well. Oh, no, and then and well, and then they showed Bob later, and he still looked like he was fuming. Oh, he was having a go at the fourth official for some reason. Yeah, probably like, why did you let him take his top off? <laughs> One thing we did learn though is that Vanny has a tattoo. Oh right, yeah, I wasn't. Tom didn't get any photos of naked Vanny, so I, I've got a special folder for that. So that's empty just now. Maybe one day. But that is it for our oh, chat. Can we, talk, oh. can we talk about one thing? Oh, that's, that is not it. Okay, what are we going to talk about? The one last thing, you and I have talked about this lots. I, I just want to say on the show again, uh, like I've said in the past, uh, the CSA needs to oh, yes. change change the format. Like, yeah. th- this is this is ridiculous to me. And I, I mentioned it on Twitter, and there's been feedback and pushback, and you know, people who are glad that there wasn't extra time so they could get to their parked car in time before their lot closed or whatever. But like... I mean, like, serious, seriously, like, it, it, to me, diminishes the competition. I'm not saying there's an asterisk next to Vancouver's name this year or anything like that. I'm not trying to take away from this awesome achievement for Vancouver. My concern is the quality of the tournament and the competition, which is something I highly value, especially as being a part of the, of the Voyagers. Um, and yeah, this, th- you can't have cup games where, they, after 90 minutes, you go directly to penalties. You do that in the preseason or some meaningless friend, friendly type tournaments, and that's fine in those in that context. Totally fine. These games, ideally, especially, and I love that they're now one leg. You know, there's none of this home and away. So I love that they're one leg. They need to be allowed to be settled through. Uh, the game on the pitch as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Penalties are like to me. There needs to be that half hour. And now I, I agree with a final that does, but not the other games. The the build. I I'm okay with it. Not and there's more competitions actually going that way now. Uh, I the ones I, in Scotland are doing that as well now. Well, let's not follow Scotland in anything. No, I'm sure. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Oh, we've lost uh, Zach. I'll do part three <laughs> on my own here. Um, no, but no, but seriously, like I like I. I I like that's traditionally to me how it's done. Yeah, I did. I had someone comment to me like, "Oh, I think it should be even more traditional. There should be a, a replay at the other team's ground <laughs> if it's tied, oh. including if it's a cup final, which I know is like happened to Bayern. Yeah, in the, well, in the European Cup. I grew up because I'm old, where there wasn't just one replay; it was second Multiple. replays, and yes, third totally, replays, and totally it could go on and on and on, and then. Which it would get to four or five, and it had to be played at a neutral ground it, and stuff. It, and it, it, yeah, it's hard. It's hard in, uh, to do that. I think in the modern era with fixture yes. congestion and stuff to say, hey, the, the final is tied. We're going to play another game. But like to me, no, I think it, I think they need to stick with single elimination. There needs to be thirty minutes of extra time, like normal, and and then shoot out if it can't be decided into that. Some of the some of the feedback I got too is like, oh well, you know, often those extra thirty minutes are. You know, dour and everyone just yeah. or whatever, which which is that's up to the like that's up to the the game. I would like the game settled on the pitch and that and yeah, that, that's up to the coaches to decide. I've seen some awful extra time periods I, in finals. Sure, I've seen some amazing extra time in in competitions where you're just like, I'm so glad they played extra time so that 
you know, we got to see these special moments. It, it, it cuts both ways. Yeah, I, I'm totally for them doing it in the early rounds, but I think the final should have had extra time. Yeah, and again, I, I, I would we we both feel this way, no matter who won or lost as well. Yes, that's and that's why I tweeted out before the penalties took place because it didn't matter to me who who won or lost. That, that doesn't change my opinion on this. And I know there's some of the people are like, oh, you know what? I actually think had it gone to 30 minutes, I, I was worrying for Vancouver that their legs were going that they wouldn't have been able to um, to get there. I think that I think that it's I think the format influenced substitutions with the, which then impacted that I think as well. But um, anyways, it's something I think that they I, I think absolutely they should change. Will they? I'm guessing not. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm assuming managers probably like it or, you know, less less taxing on their players and stuff. But I I don't I don't like the competition that way. But it is it is what it is. The Whitecaps won it with the rules that, that you know, the, the way it was established. It's full credit them. I'm not trying to take anything away from that whatsoever. I just uh, wish it would be different the for, format wise. That's fair enough. But that's it for our chat about the Voyager's Cup lifting by the Whitecaps, the game itself. We've got one more part to come in this episode, and we're going to just have a little bit of a, a look ahead from a Whitecaps perspective as to to what they need to do now that they've lifted this silverware with the MLS playoff still in the balance for them. And we'll be back chatting about all of that after this. Hi, I'm Tristan Blackman, and this is the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part is the final song from our Artist of the Month here at AFTN for the month of July from Brighton, England, 80s Matchbox Beeline Disaster. That is the song that started it all off for them. It's their debut single. It's also found on their debut album, Horse of the Dog. And that was Morning Has Broken. And do you want to live your life making love, Zach? What now? Do you want to live your life making love? Do I want to live my life making love? love? Uh, sure. I don't think I've got the energy for it, to be honest, but not in this heat. 
I'm sweating in areas I didn't know I could sweat as we record this, just to, <laughs> to let the, the listeners into our life here. But we'll rattle through this part, mainly so I can get the air conditioner on. So, yep, the Whitecaps, 2022 Voyagers Cup winners, Canadian champions. They need to push on from this now and book a place in the MLS playoffs. Vanny has said that if they play like that for the next 12 games, there's no way they won't be in the playoffs. It's hard to disagree with that, but can they keep that intensity going now? Yeah. There's a danger there's a hangover for this Nashville game at the weekend as well. I I don't... Uh, you, you hope that they won't. You hope that they'll be able to kick on. You hope that it spurs them on. I think, I think it will with this group. I think based on I think so too. having so many players who were there last year, I I I don't see them having, you know, a massive massive hangover. I know they have Nashville away first, right? Yeah. So it's hard, you know, it's it's a it's a an away match on the other side of the continent, and so that has its own issue. So I think if they don't do well in Nashville, people will call it a hangover from the cup. But I think that's a you know that, that there's other reasons why that the result might not go the way they want. But in the long run, well, yeah, I think, Nashville is a good team, especially at home. That that, that too. <laughs> um, in the in the in the long run, I think that uh, this will help them kick on, mm-hmm. and could very well um, help them achieve their goal of qualifying for the playoffs. It's a big game for them because Nashville's in the playoff places, and these are the games that they now have to win after dropping points at, at home. So they've they've got to go for. It. They've got to try and take something from this, and hopefully, as I say, there isn't a a hangover in the performance from from that. And I'm sure Vanny will put a strong team out there for that. We, we spoke in the last episode about consistency in the lineup and how we'd like to see that a bit more in the run-in. Got a chance to ask Vanny about that on Monday. Here's what he had to tell me. You've always said since the start of the season, even last season, that you don't have a start in 11, you've got a start in 20, a start in 22... Do you feel at this stage of proceedings you might need to have a more settled lineup going down the, the stretch, especially on the defensive side to get that chemistry going? Yes and no. Uh, I would say from now on there will be more stability because there's no longer too many midweek games. So probably if things are going well, there will be more stability, but uh, it won't be 11 players. It, w- it will never be 11 players with me. So Vanny says there will be a little bit more stability, but there's still going to be rotation. He still has to rotate this team. I I still feel defensively that is where they need to really solidify and get that stability in. But we, we won't repeat all the conversations that we had in the last episode. But there could be some new faces uh, about to, to come in to help the team, Zach. Greek journalist Georgios Sideridis broke news that 28-year-old Austrian international Alessandro Schopf, which means hair in German, is in talks with the Whitecaps. Manuel Veth followed that up with saying that he's already in Vancouver to complete his medical and complete final talks, and that although talks are advanced, a transfer's not quite done yet. Now, Schopf uh, became a free agent after Arminia Bielefeld were relegated from the Bundesliga last season. He's a, a former Bayern Munich Academy product. He got one goal and three assists in 33 Bundesliga games last season. 
prior to Arminia, Schopf played 142 games for Schalke, where he got 16 goals and 10 assists. But he left them after they were relegated at the end of the season before that. Is he a Jonah? Maybe it's a good job he can't get relegated. I, I don't know. He seems like bad bad luck. <laughs> but at Schalke, Schopf uh, also crossed paths with current Whitecaps sporting director Axel Schuster. So Axel does know him well. He's primarily a central midfielder. He can play in a more advanced role if possible. I feel this could signal the end for Kyle. And we, we've talked about we're not sure how happy he is here and stuff. I'm not upset by by this signing at all. Schopf coming in, if Kyle was to move on, so be it. But Schopf coming in is a great addition. He's a very good player. Yeah, I think I've watched him play a, a bunch. Uh, I don't remember. I mean, I've seen him play for Schalke in the past. I don't remember those performances. But I have watched him play for Arminia Bellefield. And even though, yeah, they were not... Uh, <laughs> they were a, a lower level Bundesliga side in the last two years. He, uh, yeah, I think he... Uh, could do quite well in MLS. Um, you know, Vancouver was beaten by the Chicago Fire, and the you know two of the three goals were scored by you know former Bundesliga players who mm. are showing that they can make significant contributions to to MLS in MLS. And I think, yeah, shop next to Kubas, you know, could That's be a tasty. Same yeah, thing. with Gutierrez on one side and Gressel on the other, mm. Gold, Cavallini, White. I think that's yeah. I think that's uh, that could go a long way to helping them achieve that goal, making the playoffs that we've been talking about. I mean, his whole career has been in Germany. He played with Nuremberg as well, and then Bayern Munich two, and came through their system. He's been capped by Austria U nineteen, U twenty one, and at senior level, he's got thirty two senior caps and, and six goals for for Austria as well. And I was just saying at the weekend, are we going to see a German DP? Are we going to see more players coming in? Are we going to get a tie-up with Bayern? So they are obviously looking over there. I think it's a, it would be a great signing. Yeah, I think I think this could be a very positive move for the Whitecaps. This episode actually was going to be a German-themed episode, but we're pushing that back now to our next episode where we'll hopefully bring you our chat with Julian Gressel and with Fabian Herbers. And who knows, maybe if these guys arrive... We'll, we'll speak to them as well. But uh, another player that is rumoured to be coming in, Joshua Cloak from The Athletic, broke this story on Tuesday. A second CPL striker is looking set to join WFC2, York United's Lyle Wright, following in the footsteps of Easton Ongaro. Wright is an under 20 striker for Canada. 18 years old still, so he's a top prospect. He's got two goals and six appearances for the Canadian U20s, seven goals and 44 for York. He's been highly thought of in the league, and I I think it's great bringing him in now, having a look at him and Ongaro in the the remaining MLS Next Pro games, have a look at them in the preseason, and then see if you want to move them up to the main roster. Yeah, yeah, this is this is interesting. Uh, remind me, Wright had to miss. Did he have to miss the, the Voyagers Cup game? He was game? away with Canada, yeah. so he didn't play. That here. was that was that was a big, big loss for big York. Miss for them yeah, in that game. yeah. He um, was an informed striker, and he was away. Exactly. Yeah. He. So yeah, this this could be great. This would be great for WFC two and great for Vancouver to have a look at some of these uh, some of these guys who've um, put in some good performances at, at the CPL level. On Garo, I think, 
I think, you know, consistency and whatever is, you know, where he needs to, to grow, but he has some great tools. Um, oh, yeah. Got to so, so I, could, I got to see him score that goal against Forge last year in that last game of the year in November in Edmonton. And uh, yeah, uh, he, I think there is more potential in him uh, than he is fully shown. I think it's good as well that, I mean, it's obviously good that they've got the second team now again, but I think it's good that they can bring in these CPL guys and have a look at them. And even if they end up giving them an MLS roster, they've still got those games that they can play the guys in as well. It's been long overdue and it does allow us the chance to have a look at them. And Ungaro's got off to a great start. He scored both the goals in the Whitecaps mm-hmm. 2-2 draw against Rapids 2. It's a lot of twos in there. They lost the penalty shootout in the end, but I mean, he got off to a great start there with a, a couple of goals. And Whitecaps 2 are in action at Swanguard on Friday night if you want to get out and see Easton Ungaro in action. Hope to catch up with him after the, the game and have a, a bit of a chat with him for the, the next show as well. They're taking on Houston Dynamo 2 in an absolutely huge game because the, the way the playoffs work, the two divisional winners automatically in. And it looks a tough job now for the Whitecaps to catch the Tacoma Defiance in the Pacific Division. They're sitting second in the Pacific Division, but they are behind the other two teams in the other division that are sitting second and third. So although the two divisional winners move in, it's then the next two best points-wise. So the Whitecaps are only two points back from Pamudu Ka's North Texas side, who have taken a bit of a dip the, the last couple of games as well so the Whitecaps they don't need to win out well if they did win out they're definitely going to be in the playoffs but they need to get these results at home so get out and cheer the young guys on at Swan Guard on Friday night it's going to be a beautiful evening it, it gets nice and cool under the, the shade as well at Swan Guard so you won't be too hot so you can get out there and if you had your appetite whetted for cup finals on Tuesday mm-hmm. night get along to Swan Guard on Monday BC day it's the start holiday it's the League One BC Championship Games. You can watch the Whitecaps in action there. Their women's team, the Girls Elite, are taking on Varsity in the Women's Championship Game. It kicks off at 1pm. And then it's TSS Rovers and Varsity in the Men's Championship Game at 4pm. Tickets are 20 bucks. If you're an under 18 and you turn up wearing your, your team's jersey, you'll get free admission as well. So get out and support these guys. Some big games, still a lot of football to take in in the lower mainland this weekend. That is pretty much it for this episode of the AFTN Soccer Show. But of course, we can't go without bringing you this episode's wavelength. And we're going back to the late 90s. And we're going international. We're going to Luxembourg. And they describe themselves as Luxembourg's only oi band. They're called the Skin Flicks. And this is a a song from their early days, and it's actually on an album that came out in 2021. It's a a song, an album called The Early Years. It's a compilation of all their early stuff. This is the Skin Flicks with rock and roll and football. This is the age of Wednesday time.
From Luxembourg, this skin flicks, rock and roll and football, throwing a bit of sex there as well as they did, and that's all that you live for. Do you want to live your life making love, Zach? <laughs> Come full circle. Oh, Michael. Anyway, that is it for this episode of the AFT and Soccer Show, but just before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online, Zach, and any final thoughts or anything that you've learned this week. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Zachary M. Uh, probably just continue to tweet about the format of the Voyager's Cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just suck the joy out of everything. Um, no, uh, yeah, I, I just shout. Yeah, I guess you shout out. I, I just want to give a shout out to Peter Zimmerman uh, from the Vancouver Southsiders. Um, there, there, ha- there hasn't been, in, in my estimation, uh, anyone who's done more heavy lifting in the history of the organized organization of the vancouver southsiders at this by this point than than peter zimmerman and uh he's done a lot uh over the years to um to set standards to maintain things to keep things going uh and uh yeah i was really happy for 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 him the, the group as a whole but him specifically uh for this cup win uh to be able to you know he's uh done a lot of capoing in uh less than ideal circumstances and uh it was great to see him uh lead a full section in full voice to lift his team to victory and so um i I mean there's lots of other people who've done lots of heavy lifting as well don't get me wrong 
Um, and like, yeah, there's a new generation coming up with people like the Vancouver Albion, like we talked about before, but I just want to give a, a shout out to Peter. I think, um, it was a special night and I think, uh, I, I, I think it was, uh, I, I hope it was, uh, well, I know, I, I know it was a special night for him. And so I'm just really happy, happy for him. Me as well. I, I can't add to that. I think that's a, a nice way to end the show. Give us a, a follow on Twitter if you're not already at AFTN Canada. Read all our stuff away from the numbers, AFTN.ca. And give a like, subscribe and turn on notifications on YouTube, youtube.com backslash AFTN Canada. We'll be back with another show soon. Until then, enjoy the moment. These don't come around very often here in Vancouver. Take care. Mon the caps. Let's lift the Champions League next and get into the Club World Cup and then we'll get into the next World Cup and then we'll do all this stuff and yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna put the air conditioner on now. Bye everyone. Mm-hmm.